Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me. And uh, Cindy's back in studio. Greetings. It's twice in the same week. Mm-hmm. We're on a roll. A roll. <laughs> welcome back in. Thank you. Nice to see you. Nice to have you. So um, yesterday I talked about um, that, you know, the the fight to defend truth is alive and well, but uh, you know, it's kind of, we're picking up where we left off from 2023, but yet I have hope, mm-hmm. even though there's more stuff coming down the pike in terms of the fight. And we talked about um, this judge in Iowa who blocked the um, the bill that would um, ban sexually explicit materials from elementary libraries. Right. This, this one judge, you know, blocks this bill. And there's other other things that we talked about, this fight in Ohio with DeWine vetoing that bill and this school in California that, you know, just is pushing, you know, constant transgenderism on their kids. Um, I, I think that there's hope on the horizon and it's it's found in in young people that you and I are associated with. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned, you know, New Year's Eve where we were with college age and 30 something kids that I just, you know, based upon that experience, I have hope. Mm -hmm. I have a personal hope that, that this fight is, while the fight is real, it is, it's winnable. Mm -hmm. And I, I sense victory on the horizon. Yes. That's, and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think it's just my eternal optimism either. I think it's, you know, I'm not, it's not just wishful thinking. Yes. I think that there is hope. And we referenced this in Primus article from November where um, Dr. Arn is talking about the word conservative. And, you know, we have to decide what we want to conserve. And the first thing that came to my mind was conserving truth, especially as it pertains to education. Right. Because there's so much well, there's so much of truth that's under assault. Yes. And he talks about uh, campus life on Hillsdale. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote him here. He says, Hillsdale is also sometimes charged by its enemies as narrowly partisan and a factory of activism. Uh, I mean, you and I have been on the campus. I don't, I don't think it's a factory of activism at all. He says, this is simply false. Anyone who visits our campus in Michigan or our satellite campus in D.C., or for that matter, any of the Hillsdale-affiliated K-12 schools around the country, which we are one of. Yes, we are. And we're not a campus full of activism. Mm -mm. We're just a campus full of learning Mm -hmm. because that's what we want. We want to, to teach. He continues and says, anyone who visits these campuses will discover an atmosphere of serious learning. I couldn't have said it better because that's what it is. It's an atmosphere of serious learning. I'm just going to keep repeating him. Uh, Not of activism. We are the opposite of activism. And what we believe that knowing is higher than doing. To act well, one needs knowledge, which comes of learning. Mm -hmm. We do not encourage our students to become activists either, especially while they are students. 
And then he wraps up this thought by saying, I have recently had a contentious exchange in the Wall Street Journal with a free speech group that criticizes Hillsdale for requiring its students to conduct themselves in a civil manner. Oh, my goodness. How could you be criticized for asking your students to be civil to one another? Uh, I interrupted him. Uh, to conduct themselves in a civil manner conducive to learning rather than in the activist and partisan manner we see roiling many other campuses these days. And that whole segment just jumped out at me, um, you know, mostly because uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated by what we see on college campuses, but I'm encouraged by, by what is happening on a Hillsdale campus. Mm -hmm. And joining us today, live, we have a student who is currently a, uh, who currently lives on campus at Hillsdale. She's mm -hmm. in her second year. Uh, her name is Caitlin Justice, and uh, we love Caitlin around here. We love Caitlin. Uh, she is a, well, she's a, a graduate of Waterbrook Christian Academy. Uh, she attended University of Michigan for a time before transferring to Hillsdale. So we're happy to have a, a personal expert witness on the show today. Caitlin, welcome aboard. How are Thank you? Thank you for having me. Oh, no, I'm good. No I'm, I'm on Christmas I, break. <laughs> you are on Christmas break. Do you feel relaxed about it? Have you had a yeah. nice break? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I watched all of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings with my mom. So, yes. I mean, that was the biggest goal on, on the list. So. Of course. You need to relax. <laughs> she gave her brain a rest. She did. And that's a great way to give it a rest. We <laughs> we, we love those, those movies. Well, uh, before you go back to Hillsdale, I need to talk to you about Hillsdale. I mean, you go back in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, so, two weeks from today. So this conversation is just going to get you prepped. <laughs> First of all, I just want to—I just want to mention to the listeners that we've known Caitlin since she was just teeny tiny. It's true. Caitlin came to Waterbrook in our first year, but we knew her before that. We did. Yeah, we knew her family before that. Therefore, we knew little Caitlin. We knew Caitlin before she even started school we of did. any kind. Uh, and you, we knew her before she knew us. I doubt that she remembers us way back then. Right. We won't talk yeah, about her yeah, memories of us, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think probably the earliest is that I remember is preschool. But I was at Waterbrook the, from preschool to 12th grade, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So. Nicely Excellent. said, Caitlin. Way to go. <laughs> and we didn't pay her for that. <laughs> so, Caitlin, I want to ask you about, about Dr. Arndt's statement here. Um, he says, uh, Hillsdale is also sometimes charged by its enemies as narrowly partisan and a factory of activism. This is simply false. So would you agree with him? Tell us about campus life. Is there any activism that takes place? And and by activism, not I guess not in my experience. Not in your experience. Go. Do you do you feel like you are I don't know, I guess the the claim could be that that you're being brainwashed. Do you feel like you're being being brainwashed? No, um I I'd, I'd say it's the opposite. Um where because I've had this unique experience of starting at University of Michigan Flint and transferring to Hillsdale. Um, 
the main difference that I have experienced is at U of M, there's, it's much more, this is the truth, this is what you believe, this is what you should believe. And at Hillsdale, they present you with, in class and just in conversation with your peers, there's, here's the, here's the information, here are these events that are going on or past documents that we're reading, and these are all the different views on it. You need to decide for yourself. Um, there, there are several classes I've taken, um, theological tradition and um, Western Western heritage, LTB taken her American heritage this semester, and in all of them, I am still. I come out of the class not really knowing what my professor believes. We're we're just left to make those conclusions by ourselves. Um, and I think that's that's an important part of it. They're teaching us how to think for ourselves through learning rather than telling us how to think mm. or what to think. I love that because when you were reading that article, I was thinking as you were everything that was that Dr. Arn was saying there that I believe in in highly activist college college campuses that the students are being told how to think and what to think. That was going through my mind as you were reading that. Uh, and, I, and I was thinking, and, and Caitlin just confirmed this, that on the Hillsdale campus, they are being taught how to think. Mm -hmm. and, and probably on other campuses. <laughs> sure, right. How to think for themselves. And I, I'm sure that on other campuses, the students leave the classroom knowing exactly how their professors feel about it. Right. Caitlin has said, I have no idea what, what my professor thinks about it. Yeah, that's, I like that. I like that that's a lot. Good. So uh, in, in this article, Dr. Arndt says, uh, we are the opposite of activism, or we are the opposite of activist, and that we believe that knowing is higher than doing. Uh, and it, I think you speak to that in, in your statement that you, um, you, in your class, you've left knowing, all right, here, here are the two sides and I've got to decide where my values fit into this um, versus doing where the instructor is not telling you to do something, um, you know, don't do um, X or Y. Instead, there's information presented and then you have this opportunity to decide how you want to approach it. Uh, so I was with Caitlin when she took her original tour at Hillsdale. Oh, that's right. You were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, Caitlin, what, what jumps out at me the most, and I've heard other people talk about this, uh, other students that I've spoken with, other people that have been to Hillsdale that I've talked to, what jumped about what jumped out about me at our tour was when we went into the, the dining hall and we're going down those stairs and we just see <laughs> backpacks everywhere. I mean, the bottom of the whole yeah. area is just full of backpacks. Uh, can you speak to that? Why are there backpacks everywhere? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's true for the dining hall and literally every building on campus, um, the library, there's 
almost every table has uh, unattended backpacks where people have just gone to go grab a book or um, gone to eat. And um, it's it's part of the honor code that the that the school holds true for all the all the students there um, that we're respectful of each other and each other's property. So we can leave our backpacks unattended and not be worried that someone's going to steal it because we're all we're all following the same honor code out of respect for each other and, and our belongings. Um, so it, it, I think it really speaks to the community of like trust and, uh, and respect for each other, honesty, um, that the honor code really emphasizes and it's, it has a, a much better wording for it, but. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's, that's accurate. Mm -hmm. And when they said to us, Hey, you know, don't trip over a backpack. Mm -hmm. Uh, the kids just leave them here because they know they can. Mm -hmm. uh, I just thought, wow, that is number one. That's awesome mm -hmm. that the kids have that confidence in one another. They're not worried. I mean, mm -hmm. Caitlin, you're not worried that someone's going to, you know, you know, steal your purse. No, because <laughs> because they they've all agreed to this honor code. Mm -hmm. They have agreed to to govern themselves. Mm, to govern themselves. Mm -hmm. It's the epitome of self-government. And so in this article where Arne says he's talking about, I don't know who this this free speech group is he's referring to, but in the Wall Street Journal, I guess there's been this debate. And uh, they're upset with Hillsdale for requiring its students to conduct themselves in a civil manner, conducive to learning. What does that even mean? What? <laughs> What's the context there? How is that? So, so Caitlin, you're there on campus. I mean, could you imagine not being uh, or, or or being there if the, while the students are not conducting themselves in a civil manner? What does that look like for uh, you? I I mean, I don't even know. I don't I don't understand how that could be a complaint. I mean, right. that's. <laughs> uh, it feels like you're complaining uh, or calling out people for even just being good citizens. Like I, I, I don't know any context that you could, you would actually need to complain about people being too civil. <laughs> yeah, right. um, it's almost as if they're yeah, upset it, that there's not enough political activism happening on the campus at Hillsdale. All right, Kate, yeah, let me ask you this: um, Have you ever been engaged, or have you ever witnessed a political? activist riot happening on campus at Hillsdale? Never. No. Um, Are you upset think, about that? Yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but it, I think there aren't any any protests or, um, or uprisings like that at, at Hillsdale um, for a couple different reasons. Um, because of the honor code and Hillsdale's just policy that they don't take government funding. So they have a very particular way of teaching particular curriculum they use that definitely draws a certain type of student to Hillsdale. So I, I, there are a lot of um, similarities in, in our, in mine and the students uh, like political and just personal views, but there is also a lot of difference. And, and you can kind of see that in the different student led clubs and organizations, there's hundreds on campus that are all varying in political or religious beliefs um, or 
feelings. And, um, but every conversation that I've had with someone of a different opinion than myself or conversations I've witnessed between two people that don't have uh, the same view, they're always civil. They're always respectful of each other. And they just, they want to know, okay, why do you think that? Like, I'm curious. I I just want to talk through this with you. And there's just no uh, reason for, for an uprising or protests of any kind, because I think because we're all allowed to think for ourselves and talk about it with each other respectfully without the fear of being, um, I guess, made a pariah for like feeling or saying a certain thing, you know? Well said, Caitlin. Very well said. That's excellent. Just, just adult civil discourse. Mm -hmm. And I got the impression, you know, when you were describing that, that there's diversity on campus. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times Hillsdale and affiliated schools like Hillsdale or or affiliated schools with Hillsdale, like our own, uh, that it's, you know, there's no diversity. You're all, you all think the same thing. Everybody's just of the same thought. Group think. Group think. And you're giving us a different story here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're also, you also said that not everybody thinks the same politically. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Because again, I think the impression is, well, everyone is, you know, they all think the same politically at Hillsdale. Uh, They're all Republicans, those crazy (laughs) right-wingers, you know, but I, I get a different impression from you and that you have the ability, the, the adultness to have this conversation with somebody who might disagree with you. And yet you can still be polite and friends after the fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, he, I keep thinking about that, the comment from the, from Dr. Arn's article that it's, um, I don't know how you could come into an environment like that and think it's wrong. Um, I think if there were more conversations happening, happening that way, uh, rather than how they they tend to happen in in the news or um, between between different leaders, I, I think it would uh, maybe come out a little better. But mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like it's good healthy debate is what's encouraged mm-hmm. at Hillsdale. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that is something that is something that's been dying on college campuses for years is is good, healthy, civil adult debate. Mm-hmm. And and this is what Arn says he's, you know, essentially being attacked for is that, um, you know, the, the people that are attacking him, these free speech groups almost feel like he is limiting the the ability for students to speak out on campus but in fact, he's doing the opposite. He's giving them the opportunity to speak out, but the instruction there is, here's how we're going to do it. Right. I mean, there's an opportunity mm-hmm. for civil debate to happen. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to get flags and banners and protests. And whine and scream and yell. And whine and scream and, and yell. Upset when somebody doesn't think like you do. Yeah. Get upset and try yeah. to cancel somebody. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, have you mm-hmm. been canceled yet on campus? <laughs> Not that I know of. 
Let's hope you're not canceled after this show. <laughs> I doubt that you will be. Uh, Caitlin, I want to ask you about uh, about classical education. Okay. Um, you uh, you know you've had some experience with education at at Michigan, and you, you know now at Hillsdale. Uh, is there is there a big difference? Is there a little difference? Is there you know a difference in some areas, but maybe not in others? Um, what's your take on that? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of differences, um, in my opinion, for the better with Hillsdale. Uh, it was definitely the right, the right transfer choice for me. Um, there's, because I was a transfer student, there were certain courses that were almost Hillsdale's equivalent of the courses I took at U of M Flint. Um, so I ended up taking them again and they are drastically different and it was it was really interesting to to see how they approach them differently um probably the most notable is um i just finished this uh last semester i finished my uh they call it great books two uh there's great books one that i took back in the spring and um the over those two semesters you're reading through um what they call the great books at Hillsdale, that it's um, just these books that were written a long time ago, but everyone keeps coming back to them because there are just a lot of lessons that can be learned from them. Um, and the writing of, of these authors is just excellent. And there's, they're great, great examples to learn from. Um, last semester, we read more, we read uh, The Odyssey, um, Dante's uh, Inferno and Purgatorio and um, a few others. Then this last semester we read um, Paradise Lost, uh, The Wasteland, um, King Lear by Shakespeare. Um, and it was, I mean, we just, we got this um, vast look at all these different styles and different um, views on this last semester was focusing on how do we deal with like the problem of evil was kind of the major theme in all these books. Um, and like I said earlier, we're through every book, my professor presented through what the author was using a different way to approach these, this problem of like evil and God existing at the same time was, was really the full problem we were looking at. Um, and by the end of the class, I didn't know how he felt about it but i just i had now i had all these things that i could look at to figure that out for myself um which i'm still kind of doing so you know it's mm -hmm. it's uh they set you up to uh have a good foundation to to discuss those kind of things with other people or even just thinking through it yourself um my equivalent class at u of m flint uh that was the first kind of english class of the of their core at u of m we didn't read um, any older books. We didn't actually read any novels of any kind. We had this, this small kind of reference book for writing techniques, which were helpful, but um, the really the only the examples of other people's writing that we looked at were more um, modern articles from different um, different news 
platforms or um, scientific journals that had been, it was just basically you could pick whatever topic you were interested in. And I mean, it was all, that was all fine. And it helped me become a better writer in ways, uh, but it didn't do anything to develop my personality mm -hmm. and my, uh, just my own character, mm -hmm. um, which was equally important to me. And in that major difference of getting that education, I can get that education at U of M or at Hillsdale, but at Hillsdale, I'm also not just getting it like um, an academic education, I'm getting kind of an education in character and uh, learning. These are the different ways you can be, mm -hmm. what are you gonna be? And, and having mm -hmm. people around me to, to help me make the, the better choice or the right, the better choice for me or uh, for, for my community, you know, yeah. just. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we think that that's true education. Right. Developing a certain yeah. type of person. Yeah. Just uh, everything she just said that was so good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I don't want to disrupt your and interrupt your my thought. thought here. Well, let me just you, you had you had mentioned that as you go through the great books, which by the way, shouldn't every university have have a couple courses called the great books that you just yeah. explore, <laughs> uh, and you're discussing the problem of evil, and uh, you know specifically how evil and God exist simultaneously which is a, a deep question. It's deep and profound <laughs> and probably, yeah. you know, one that you'll be exploring for the rest of your life. But I, it's, it's very, you know, philosophical. And I think mm -hmm. that if universities, if this is, if this would be the approach and it yeah. used to be. Well, I think that, I think that young people are desperate for someone to invite them to think for themselves. Mm -hmm. They just have not yet been invited. To, so many of them have not yet been invited to do that. But mm -hmm. if, but I think they're longing and yearning for that. They just don't know it. Mm -hmm. To be invited to think for yourself mm -hmm. is a gift. <laughs> it's an absolute gift. Caitlin, when, when you realized you were going to be discussing the problem of evil, you know what did what did that do for you? Because for me, I'm I'm excited. I want to sit in on a class and have this conversation with you know with other people about about evil. You know, it's a problem. What do we do with it? it you know, did that? Uh, I don't know. Did that light the flame a little bit? You know, at all? Yeah. Um, it it definitely it challenged. Um, just my own ways of thinking from growing up. I grew up in a, a Christian household and um, I had never really considered that question. I uh, was just like, well, it's a result of of the Eve eating the fruit in the garden, like it says in Genesis in the Bible. Um, and this was just, uh, it was a lot deeper in it. it no matter what your background, if you came from a Christian house like me, or if you came from something entirely different, um, it challenges what I think is a, a really core piece of who you are, like yeah, how, yeah. how you um, how you look at evil in the world, if you think there's evil in the world, or if you just and, think, well, it 
we're just here and it's going to happen whether or not you know right. um and, and i, I but think it if was, that were the if, if that were if, if this discussion was happening on other college campuses that i don't think we would see the riots i mean mm -hmm. you might but uh, if if this were the if if, if this was the foundation that uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna dust off some old books, we're gonna mm -hmm. read them, we're gonna mine the lessons from them. I mean, you you opened it up by saying there's lessons to be learned. That's why we read these books. That's why people keep going back to them. You know, yeah. we're gonna talk about the problem of evil, but it's gonna develop our character. Mm -hmm. I have a question. Mm -hmm. When she was talking about all that, I I'm wondering, do you find that outside of the classroom? Are you hearing discussions being taken outside of the classroom about all these things that are started in the classroom, like in the commons area or, you know, where, wherever students gather? Do these conversations continue outside of class? Uh, yeah, frequently. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've had a, a lot of uh, my roommate, actually, uh, her she was in a different section of great books, but we had a lot of um, overlapping times for we were reading the same books at the same time. And uh, I continued a lot of conversations with her and even got other insights from her professor and, and vice versa um, with my classmates in my section and in other sections. I've I've kind of continued those conversations uh, again outside of class mm -hmm. um, in the papers, the essays that were assigned to write incur our the prompts are written in a way to encourage us to form our own opinions on the things we've started to talk about in class and my professor uh he was always encouraging us like talk to each other about about your essay ideas and talk to me but also talk to other students and, and see other views and um and uh because that's how that's how we learn from these books i mean he's he said he's read this these books year after year for as long as he's been teaching the class. And every year, some student says something that he never thought of, and it's another lesson for him. Um, mm. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool to see those conversations happening outside mm. of class um, mm -hmm. and get to be part of them. Yeah, yeah I would, exciting. I'd like to be part of it. I know. Well, <laughs> when, when Dean and I went to campus, why were we there? Oh, we went to see um we were seeing some production of yes play or something or anyway when we were on campus and we were looking all around and i was just filled with just this i was overwhelmed i said i want to be i want to be young again i want to go to school here <laughs> right right we're, we're envious of, of <laughs> hey caitlin uh i need to pause for a break can, can you can you stay over for a minute yeah all right uh, let's we're up against it. So let's uh, pause for this break. We'll pick it back up on the other side uh, with Caitlin Justice. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent pending gel you swallow. 
get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients. Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's the perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And today we have a very special guest with us, Caitlin Justice. She is a, a graduate of uh, class of 21, graduate of Waterbrook Christian Academy. And we've known her forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in preschool when we started the school. And she came up through the ranks. Yes, she did. And after leaving Waterbrook, she went to the University of Michigan and spent some time there, but then tra- transferred to Hillsdale College. Mm-hmm. And that's where she is now. And so we are, um, we're talking about all things classical education. And Caitlin, we, uh, we brought up the problem of evil, or actually you brought it up in the last mm-hmm. segment. And um, in this article that we've referenced from Dr. Arn, it's from the November and Primus, uh, he talks about uh, two philosophical ideas that are really at war with each other, one being an older idea, one being a more modern idea. And he says the older idea is really rooted in, you know, from Aristotle. Uh, he says it's the idea that informs the Constitution, and uh, it's described beautifully by Aristotle, he says. It is the idea that human beings are fallen creatures and yet partake of the divine. And, you know, Aristotle talks about us having this ability to have rational thought. That's what separates us from the animals. And it it kind of allows us to tap into the divine because we have a conscience, a conscience that can uh, help us to decide right from, from wrong, good versus evil, and all of that. Uh, tell me about your experience on the Hillsdale campus with Aristotle. You know, we talked about blowing the dust off of some great books. What do you think about Aristotle? Should we ignore him? Is he old? Is he outdated? Or are there lessons that that we can learn from our old friend? Um, I definitely think there's there's lessons to be learned. Um, 
the most I read of, of Aristotle was last spring when I took the uh, philosophy core class at Hillsdale. And um, I actually wrote one of my essays of the class was on, um, on a part of Aristotle's, oh gosh, it was a while ago. It was the Let's ethics see, book. Because I, I, I yeah. read it. Yeah. Yeah, because I, mean, I had. I read your essay. You did. You proofread it for me, didn't you? Yeah, don't um, tell anybody. <laughs> actually, I think you read it after I graded it, uh, or after my professor graded it. But um, yeah, that was definitely where I read the most of him and um, started to realize that I agreed with him uh, a lot of, on a lot of what he was saying. Um, and and, and by, by him, you mean Aristotle? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just on his, his views of... My paper was on on virtue and and kind of on this idea of a, a conscience that humans have to differentiate them from animals, and the way he described it and um, his views on how do we become virtuous uh, very much aligns with Hillsdale's view uh, that I think is made clear through their honor code that I've I mentioned last segment. Um, and I, I just have found it to be true in my own experience. But. Um, and I, I, I recall asking you, I, I think you were taking at at Michigan, I think you were taking a rhetoric class. Do you remember this conversation you and I had? Because I asked you, I said, you know, tell me about your rhetoric class. And yeah. you started telling me about it. And I said, do you talk about Aristotle at all? You no. Were like, nope. <laughs> Nope, not a word. So you don't talk about ethos, pathos, and logo. Nope, nope. We don't. We don't talk about it. No. Which, you know, to me, is I'm I'm shocked because he wrote the book and and it's uh, it's really good stuff. But so now here you are at Hillsdale and you're maybe immersed in all things Aristotle. You know, but he talks about virtue and he talks about these things that are that are good, worthy topics, things that we should be pursuing, things that are good and true and 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 beautiful. Uh, Caitlin, I want to uh, I want to give you a quiz. All right. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I can I give you a quiz? Sure. Uh, this is um, this was a survey conducted by the University of Notre Dame, and they are comparing uh, one, two, three, four, five, six school types, and then the outcomes. And this is high school, by the way. So they're comparing public school. Uh, non-public or or non-Christian private schools, and then Catholic schools, and then evangelical Christian schools, and then homeschools. So there's one, two, three, four, five, and then the sixth is classical Christian schools. So they have six schools that they're they're comparing. And the first question is. Uh, in regard to your life outlook, I have so much in life to be thankful for. Where where do you think you fall on that question? Do you feel like you have much in life to be thankful for or not much in life to be thankful for? I think I have a lot to be thankful for. Boom, um, there it is. <laughs> uh, she has a lot to be thankful for. Almost 80% of students graduating from a classical Christian school said they have much to be thankful for. If you're graduating from uh, a public school, 
you're just a little over 50. Uh, private schools that aren't religious, just a little over 50. Catholic schools, a little over 50. Uh, evangelical schools, a little over 60%. Homeschool students, a little over 60% said they have much to be thankful for. Uh, and then, you know, you've got Caitlin. She's up there close to the 80%. She has much to be thankful for. Why do you feel like you have a lot? To, you know what? I'm not going to ask you this because I'm up against the break again. Can you pause for a second? Yeah. All right. We'll get back to our quiz with Caitlin uh, on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. America Out Loud Doc News was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Cindy's on board. Hi, Cindy. Hello. And Caitlin Justice. Hi, uh, Caitlin. Hi, Caitlin. Hi. <laughs> so we are uh, we're quizzing Caitlin. This is uh, Caitlin uh, quizzing segment. All right. <laughs> uh, she did. Uh, the first question was, you know, what's your outlook on life? And, you know, Caitlin gave us a high score. And I wanted to ask you this, Caitlin, what, why do you think you have much to, to be thankful for? Why is that your outlook? Um, there's, or, there's I'm a, sorry, a lot of reasons, look, but... Yeah, um, hang on, hang on, Caitlin. Do okay. you want to interrupt yeah. her? Or with what? Also, you know, why she's thankful, but why does she think um, that these they're they're coming up with these numbers that are high for the for classical kids, like Christian classical kids? Christian schools, yeah. All right, so it's a two-part question. The first question is, why why do you have much to be thankful for? Yeah, um, I could say a lot of things, but I'll try to con- make it concise. Um, my, I came up in a good household, and that's not super common to to have both my parents and um, my my older brother. I grew up with them, and uh, I grew up at going to Waterbrook Christian Academy. That um, was like an extended family with the the support I had there for. Um, in academics and just in like emotional and character development uh that 
just by talking to to my friends that were growing up, whether I knew them from church or something else outside of school that went to different schools, whether it was public or Catholic or, or any other type that um, just in different ways, whether it was relationships with their teachers or with other students were a lot more strained growing up or even at, at their homes. Um, so I, I've always been really thankful for the the environments that I was in growing up. And mm -hmm. then now being at Hillsdale and uh, going from U of M to Hillsdale has made me, I think, even more grateful to be there in, in that environment that I've uh, kind of talked about that um, it's respectful and uh, just a really, a really nice place to be to figure out who I am and along with all these other people who are also figuring out who they are. Mm -hmm. So then the second part is, you know, why do you think the other groups, you know, from public school through the other schools, even homeschool, uh, you know, why do you think they don't have that outlook? Was well, that your question? Why do, you, why do you think students in the classical Christian schools, or yes, the, 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 in the classical Christian schools specifically, have that mm. positive outlook? Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, I I think a big part of it is um, through. I'm just going back to my great books class through looking at those books and talking to other people about them. Uh, you begin to realize that for hundreds, thousands of years, people have been having the same questions and problems that we are right now. Um, and they've been working on trying to figure them out and they've passed on what they've figured out and learned and thought of on their own to us. And um, I just, I think that it builds community between me and the other students and my professors, but also back to the the authors of these books and just um, the people that came before me. And I, I think that makes me thankful for the people I'm relating to now, but also mm -hmm. all the people that got me to where I am, like mm -hmm. being able to study their works at a school like Hillsdale. Mm -hmm. Okay. Next quiz question, Caitlin. All right. Do you feel helpless dealing with life's problems? No. Ah, boom. There it is. She does <laughs> not. So the majority, a, a big majority of of classical Christian school students said, no, we don't feel helpless dealing with life's problems. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, it, it's about 18 percent that said, yes, they do. They, they feel helpless compared to 40 and over from the other groupings. Mm. Yeah. Question next, Caitlin. Do you feel like you were well prepared for college uh, by your high school? I think I was. Yeah. Boom! There it is. Of course she was. <laughs> she went to Waterbrook. She was. She was very well prepared. Dean starts sweating. Uh, yeah, I hope she answers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell her. I did not tell her these questions ahead of time, did I, Caitlin? No, you didn't. Nope. So I did not force her hand and say, you better answer yes on number three. I'm revoking <laughs> your diploma. Well, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, almost 90% of classical Christian students said yes, they felt prepared, compared to uh, under 50 by public school students, a uh, little over 60 by the other groupings. Caitlin, uh, did you uh, earn A's or mostly A's? 
in college up to this point? Mostly A's. Boom, there it is. Yes, yeah. mostly A's. She's keeping in line. Caitlin, <laughs> uh, these these next two questions, you know, deal with Christianity. Oh, wow, there's a lot of questions. There's there. a lot of them. I don't know that we're going to get to we'll all of them. Flip it along. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, uh, do you accept authority of church and church leadership? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Boom. Uh, and that that's, you know, really right in line with the classical students. All right. Caitlin, do you volunteer for organizations that help the poor, the elderly, et cetera? Yes, that's um, if I I'll, I'll expand a little bit. But okay, the, since I yeah, since I've been at Hillsdale, I have volunteered at um, it's called Love in the Name of Christ. Uh, they it's Love Inc. for short. But um, outside of the college, Hillsdale has a pretty vast poor community there um, and homeless community and Love Inc. Um, and other organizations, but Loving is the one that I volunteer with, and they um, connect local churches with these people to not only try to support them financially, but also um, emotionally and mentally, giving them people to talk to and rely on, and hopefully eventually get them to maybe go to church to meet these people and um, have a little more hope in their situation. But um, yeah, but Hillsdale... Uh, in particular, they uh, really encourage volunteering. They have all kinds of options in different um, religious affiliations and different uh, organizations uh, that are in Hillsdale County. Um, and they don't say we need to all volunteer for this one thing. It's mm. choose, take your pick, what speaks to you, what what um, are you passionate about and go but and help them out. Just volunteer, yeah, just give mm -hmm. back to the community. Good. Yeah. So the, the classical Christian students uh, you know, double Good. than the other other groups that they're going to volunteer. Caitlin, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to skip those two questions. I'm going to go to this question. Did you want to interject, Caitlin? Uh, do you have an obligation to take action against wrong or injustice? I think so. Yeah. Ah, she thinks so. Boom! There it is. Uh, of course, you do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, it's 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 double. The classical students are doubling in that question. Many, many from the other groupings, they don't see an obligation to take action against things that are wrong and or some injustice. And I think that's a disservice that we're giving our students. Yeah. You know, and I, want you. I think. Go ahead. You think what? Um, no, I was I was going to say that. Um... Like I mentioned before, the the community that is built in a classical education, because we all um, have civil conversations about things we don't agree about and uh, come to see that we think alike in a lot of other ways. Or um, I think that makes us more empathic to like other people that are suffering these injustices and that makes us less likely to stand by and do nothing. Mm, well said. Yeah, very well said. I like it. Spoken like a true Caitlin. All right, Caitlin, two more questions and maybe right. a third bonus question. What's that? I did. Oh, did you do that on purpose? Uh, yes, I, I skipped okay. that one on purpose. Caitlin, the Bible is an infallible guide for personal faith and behavior. Agree or disagree? Agree. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, almost 90% classical Christian kids. All right, Caitlin, next question. 
there are errors in the Bible regarding science or history. Agree or disagree? Disagree, because I don't think it's it's a historical account. Um, I don't think that it's meant to be a scientific account. Um, that was something we kind of talked about in my uh, theology class and my philosophy class, that um, Christianity is unique in its ability to um, exist alongside modern day science because the Bible isn't, it's more of a historical account and more of a um, faith account than it is scientific. And mm -hmm. um, that's a really important thing for me as a biology major that's going into uh, like conservation and uh, ecology, things like that. So mm -hmm. that's a really good point. I think that, you know, in, in, in many schools, mostly public, probably, uh, the um, they differentiate between science and, well, I guess they can't talk about Christianity in public schools, but uh, it's, it's either one or the other. You're mm -hmm. either going to believe the science or you're going to believe the Bible. And these Bible-thumping rednecks over here, they don't know anything about science. <laughs> You know, but you the, the two can can coexist. I mean, obviously, the great scientists of of uh, of history they were Christians, and their and it was their belief in God that led and informed their scientific discoveries. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Boom. All right, uh, Caitlin, you passed the quizzes. <laughs> well, it wasn't really a pass or fail. It was I wanted to see where she aligned, and so this study by that was again it was sponsored by Notre Dame. Interesting. It's very interesting mm -hmm. where the uh, classical Christian schools align with students that came from the other groupings. Where did you come across that? Uh, this. Uh, uh, the Association for Classical Christian Schools, okay. uh, once Notre Dame, you know, ran this study, then, of course, you know, ACCS, you know, started making note of it, okay. you know, since it pertained to, you know, classical Christian schools. And um, I, it's very intriguing, it, you know, and obviously it's it's something we agree with. We think that an education that's provided from classical Christian schools is excellent. I mm -hmm. mean, Caitlin, you went to a, a you went to such a school. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. <laughs> there it is. You heard it here first. <laughs> I mean, I'm biased, right? Am I biased? You know, I've got my own opinion, but to have you know someone like Caitlin who's gone through it, mm -hmm. And and then I think, Caitlin, I think your perspective is unique because, you know, you went to the same school all your life and then you leave Waterbrook and you are, you know, thrust into, you know, University of Michigan. And it's, you know, maybe it was a culture shock for you, maybe not. I don't know. And then, you know, you so you experience some time at Michigan and then you go to Hillsdale. So you've got this variety of, of perspectives. So I think your situation is unique. And so therefore I think, you know, your opinion is, is credible. Mm -hmm. What would you 
why would you recommend um, Hillsdale to students coming out of high school? Good question. Why, Caitlin? Um, why well, I, I just to have... us, Caitlin, in, in two minutes. <laughs> Go. All right. I I just have the event to compare it to, but um, like I've said, it's they're not just concerned with your education, academic education at Hillsdale. Um, even my professor, this is probably a quote, my memory might be a little off, but he said, I'm, I want you to do well in this class and I'm concerned for you to, to do well academically, but I'm also concerned for your soul and your character. Mm. And um, to, to have a professor tell me that uh, mm. was, was really encouraging that I, I was in the right place. And if anyone asked me, should I go to Hillsdale? I, absolutely, yes, I, no matter what your background, um, because I, you're going to get an excellent education and you could get that excellent education at other schools maybe, but it is unlikely to include that, that character element that um, is just important to whatever career you're going to work in, your character is always a part of that and you should be feeding into that as much as you are to your intellect. The best of both worlds, a, a rigorous education and and then the character building. Yeah. Yeah. He they 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 care for the soul. Mm -hmm. Uh and and uh, you know that's what we want. We we want to care for the soul of our kids. Mm -hmm. We want to develop their characters. Yes, we want to teach them math and science and reading and writing, but you know, there's something deeper. There's something that truly matters, and that's what type of person are they going to become? Mm -hmm. uh, well, we're glad to pass the baton off from Waterbrook to Hillsdale. Caitlin, thank you for joining us. We are up against it. Uh, it's, this has been a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. All right, that's all the time we have for today, America. Cindy, want to say anything else as we sign off? Um, just thank you, Caitlin. We love you. Yeah, we do. We love her. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us today. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. <laughs>